is the Better Life, Better Work show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm an intuitive life and business coach here to help you create better life and better work. I help super successful people, you know, the recovering overachievers, put the soul back in their lives, and I help soulful people create success. On this show, topics range from the mystic to the logistic, and our content will support your being and your doing while on your path to create better life and better work. More is not better. Better is better. Shall we record a podcast? Who remembers? What's the name of the movie? The uh, Shall We Play a Game? Episode 80, you guys, Allison Crow here, and we're recording a podcast. It is the full moon, January 10th, 2020, at the time of this recording. And yes, I'm recording live on Facebook because that's the way I like to do it. And so, <clears throat> what are we talking about today? Honestly, I'm not quite sure yet, but we'll see. I'm going to share some things that are on my mind. Sometimes, um, and maybe you create this way too, like you put all this pressure on yourself to create a certain way. Um, One of the things that I know that my clients often struggle with is, is what I have to say valuable. I better create something valuable. Uh, In the coming weeks, I'm going to be sharing some recordings of a couple of live sessions. I'm doing a series of live sessions with some of my clients. We're doing them live on Facebook so that you can witness coaching sessions. And um, one of the things that came up with one of my clients was like this idea that we have to perform great content We have to perform organized content for our clients to be valid. It's really powerful. Um, It's going to be the session with Niyama. And um, it's interesting. Does this happen to you? Like when you start to, there's a difference between forcing and flowing. And when we start to try versus who we be and what we do, things get a little wonky. And so I know it's nothing new that I sit down and think, oh, I have to record a podcast. And then my brain gets all up in it and it becomes difficult. And Elise always reminds me, Allison, just flow. And so today we're just going to riff. If you're an audience member and you're here watching, is there anything that you want to ask or riff about? I'm going to share some things that have been on my mind and we'll see where we land. This is one of the things that I know that when you are a human being who creates, who learns, who consumes mindfully, and who moves with awareness throughout the world, sometimes... (laughs) We navigate in a spiral until the center is found. And so some of the things that are on my mind right now, um, personally, um, has been the loss of my aunt combined with the new baby being born. We had a ceremony, um, a graveside ceremony for my aunt this weekend. I'm sorry, not this weekend, this last week. 
it is January 10th and I'm still messed up on the days from the holiday. So we had um, a short little graveside service for my aunt. It was actually very funny. My aunt was 88 when she passed away in December. And um, (laughs) some of her colleagues from San Antonio came up for the service. She was flown in her ash box by my cousin from Santa Fe where she's lived the last few years. And it was really cute. Um, The few people that spoke about her were all like, she gave me a computer. She gave me a computer too. She gave me a computer. She gave me a computer. So here's my aunt, 88 years old, and she has been blessing people in her lives with computers and education. She certainly blessed me and my family with computers way before anybody had computers. And it was so cute at the end, the uh, minister who performed the service said, well, I did not know Joanne, but I wish I had because I probably could have used a computer back then. And it was really sweet to see how... Not only did she touch our family members' lives, but there was a woman there. I loved this story. So at the end of like the Bible verses and the the little um, homily, just a short little homily that the minister shared, he was like, does anybody want to talk? And this one woman shoots her hand up from the back of the tent. It's like, I want to talk. And she's got a little bit of a thick Texas accent. And she, um, she said, Joanne Crow changed my life. I met Joanne when I worked in the nursing school and she created the computer lab and that computer lab scared me. I didn't like it, but Joanne helped me learn it. And then one day, Joanne said I could go out to her, her house on the river. And I went out to her house on the river just for a little vacation. She let me stay in that house for free. And at that house... I went outside and was around nature and I really thought I want to become a wildlife biologist just because I spent some time in nature that weekend. And I came back to the learning center and I told Joanne how much I enjoyed uh, staying in her house on the river and that I wanted to be a wildlife biologist. And Joanne bought me a computer. She came over to my house and she helped me set it up and she plugged in the printer and she plugged in the monitor and I applied to graduate school and I became a wildlife biologist. And it was just, she was just so proud. This was a senior woman who was a contemporary of my Aunt Joanne's, probably not 88 years old, but getting up there. And she was so cute how she was just like, Joanne literally changed her life. And so that's been on my mind. Uh, leaving that legacy, the legacy of changing one person's life. And I guarantee you, if you change one person's life, I think sometimes, especially in this online world, like we feel like we have to change an audience's life. And what we can do is actually really just be who we are. That's what Joanne was generous of heart, generous of money, generous of um, interest. One of the things that came up at her funeral was that she showed, she took an interest in us. Um, that's absolutely true. And so um, that was on my mind. And then that also brings up um, in my own own stuff. So my brother's baby was born. I've mentioned that on the podcast a couple times, but my brother's uh, baby Bowie was born and that's the newest crow. 
and super excited for him and Kat and seeing my brother. So my brother is 46, about to be 47. I'm 47, about to be 48. And seeing my brother with a newborn baby who looks very much like him, um, you know, there's a part of my heart, all of my heart is super happy for him and Kat and his baby. And it also touches a part of the heart of Allison, me. Um, it touches a little bit of melancholy for the fact that I never had my own biological children, that I've never been pregnant. It was something I always wanted to have was my own children and it just didn't work out that way. And so there's a little bit of, there's a twinge of something. Um, it's not quite an emptiness, but it's a, a twinge of wonder there's also next to that twinge of wonder, there is also a twinge of knowing that everything worked out perfect. And then in light of seeing Aunt Joanne, and I mentioned this at Aunt Joanne's service, that you know Aunt Joanne also did not have biological children. Uh, she did not have stepchildren either. Um, and she was able to leave a legacy without having biological children. And so it's kind of... Um, it's just really sweet to see my brother at this age having his first child and super excited. And he regularly sends us photos and I'll be down this weekend at some point to get a little bit more baby love and spend some time with them. So that's been on my mind. And then also this first week back, um, getting back into the swing of things with my own clients, with soulful success, with business calls, with life calls. And I started as a client in my own mastermind with my coach. So um, I decided last October to join a high-level um, both high level in luxury, high level in time, attention, and skill mastermind. And I'm super excited to be a part of this cohort of women, business owners. Um, and so I had, right after the funeral this week, I also, um, it was really important to me to be on the very first call for the opening container. And so I sat in the car in a parking lot and I connected with and met the other members of my cohort with my coach. Um, and then I also on Wednesday had my first coaching session with her and I'll be darned. I was like, all right, I've already gotten the value out of what I've invested. Um, and some really, even on that very first call, some very powerful things came up. Um, part of what came up was releasing the old, releasing the old stories, um, releasing not only, not, not just the lightheaded stories. Okay. So I'm gonna tell you another story. Um, when I went to Aunt Joanne's funeral, she was cremated. So she had a box and her box was going to be buried in the plot next to my grandparents, um, Thelma and Joe Crow. And my grandparents, my dad's parents, Thelma and Joe Crow were wealthy um, they came from Oklahoma to Texas and my grandfather was a real estate developer in Texas. And, um, 
I grew up with lots of stories about my grandparents. Now, my grandparents, my mom and dad's parents, or my dad's parents, the Crow grandparents, actually lived behind the house that my mom and dad still live in. My dad has um, three siblings. Now two are dead, so there's two left. Two have passed. Um, And I, like all of us do, we grow up with family stories. And so I had a combination of family stories and personal experiences with my Crow grandparents. Um, Honestly, most of my face-to-face experiences with my Crow grandparents were at holidays um, you know, I would, I would go and get to spend like over the night, overnight with my mom's parents. And it was very warm and cozy. And we, you know, had meals together and we went fishing together. But my p- grandparents who lived behind us, yeah, that didn't happen. It was not a warm and cozy, although my grandmother was always very kind and artistic, but it was what I remember was very a formality. Like, don't touch anything. And so we go to, I walk up, there's, they've got the like green tent over the graveside and her plot is right next to Thelma and Joe. And I look down and I see Thelma and Joe's um, gravestone. And I had a story in my mind my entire life. Y'all, I lived on the street. This the, the Austin Memorial Cemetery is in the center of Austin. And for 10 years, I owned a house on that street. <laughs> and I, I have been to that graveside before. I used to go in high school. My, my grandfather, uh, my grandmother died before my grandfather. My grandfather died when I was a junior in high school. I've walked through that cemetery. I've walked to their graveside. I've found it. I've always known where it was. And when I walked up to it this Tuesday, just four days ago, I was like, who changed grandma and grandpa's? Like, they got a new headstone. And everybody was like, no, that's the headstone that's always been there. And I made up this story. I owned this story that my grandparents' headstone was this giant black granite rectangle beast of an ostentatious, like just... I don't know. I just, this story somewhere, I don't know whether it was given to me or how I made the story. And the fact was that their headstone was just a normal, it was like a normal married couple headstone where you have the his and her, and it was not huge and it wasn't tall like I thought it was. You know, I just made up that it was this big black rectangle and it wasn't like that at all. And so, of course, I was like, okay, I got some stories in my head. So then I have my coaching session. And, um, and these are some of the things I've been processing is like, what are the stories I've been carrying about my family? What are the stories I've been carrying about life that aren't really true? And without going into the details, because some things are just for me. Um, I think it's a really helpful thing to do from time to time, especially as we start something new. And I, I noticed in myself this week also, just because it was New Year's, I kind of wanted to be quickly done with the old year. I wanted to be quickly done with the old. And at times, it is not a quick journey. We talk about this often in Soulful Success, that success is the progress towards a worthy goal. It is not the achievement of a worthy goal. Anybody that's ever achieved anything knows that upon achievement, after the shine wears off, there's a there's actually a letdown. And so that the success is the 
um, progress. And so I am making progress, releasing old and creating new. And wouldn't it be nice if I woke up like on New Year's Day and was like, I know exactly what I want to create in my life. And I know this and I know that. So I, I just wanted to share that too. I, I've also noticed many of my co- colleagues feeling that way. Um, I mean, some of you guys, y'all know you're ready. You're in the fresh energy. And some of you are still in winter. And the card that I pulled for the full moon yesterday morning was about follow your cycles, really trusting your cycles. And I will say, give myself a little pat on the shoulder that you know, once I notice that I'm pushing up against my natural cycles, I'm really gentle. And so I'm still in, you know, I'm not full on hibernating like I was over the holiday, but I'm allowing myself a slow start to the new year. I know next next week I will be off and um, in Mexico for Expand 2020 with Varian and Brandon. And I know that will light a fire. And so I'm giving myself permission to not necessarily have to have fire right now. Everything is perfect as it is. Um, I'm sure I will come back fired up as that always does. And I'm letting be what is be right now. Now, what, what is right now is not bad. It is not sad. It is, um, it just is. And if everything were exciting and fired up all the time, I'd be exhausted. And so I just want to remind you to check in with your inner state, the natural. Do y'all realize like we're organic beings? One of the things we also talk about in Soulful Success, the distinction we make is machine versus gardener. And I feel, I don't feel, I know that a lot of societal pressure and mass consciousness has us focus towards performance, excellence, perfection, and machine-like living. And the fact is we are organic beings. Um, We have physical, emotional cycles. Um, We have states in our body that um, are constantly changing depending on the environment, depending on what we ingest, depending on what we think. There's so many elements and we, we really need to be more mindful and generous with the fact that we are organic beings. And yes, there is a time and place to, you know, choose a different direction. But sometimes I feel like we squeeze the life out of us when we do that. That's part of what soulful success is. Soulful success isn't just about the mechanical steps and outcomes. Soulful success success is also about the nourishing, the soul, the mind, the body, the spirit, the family, the business, the self, while we are making progress little steps at a time. And so just wanted to send some love to those of you that are still feeling like, um, like how can we already be at the 10th of January? Shouldn't I have my shit together by now? If your shit is not together, there's nothing wrong with you. There is no such thing really as shit together because what happens is the earth still turns and we shift, right? And so I I always, um, always, always, do I always? Yeah, so those are some of the things on my mind. Um, the other random thing that's on my mind is skincare, <laughs> Skincare. Um, I'm taking this is interesting. 
I'm actually taking a course with a colleague of mine called Style Your Brand. Um, Barry, thank you. I'm going to come back to that. Um, let me finish this thought, and I want to come back to you, Barry Owen. Um, I am I'm taking a course called Style Your Brand, and to me, style and how I look is an outer reflection of what's going on in the inside. And so, just like you know, we hit the end of the year. I'm also approaching my birthday month. Um, Something is shifting in me. The energy is shifting in my business. The energy is shifting in Allison. And as I am mindful and pay attention to the natural state of my being and my ebbs and my flows and my creative spurts, I can tell that I am approaching a new springtime energetically. And so she offered this class. We've only had one week of it. Um, and I am going through that very mindfully um, I'm going through that very mindfully to not make any quick decisions other than the fact that I did just chop off all my hair, but not make any quick decisions, but really hone in and listen to the seeds, the little baby sprouts in my garden. So if we're gardeners and not machines, now some of you may be machines. My people don't tend to be machines. I think I'm so glad there are certain machines to get things done. And as a business owner, um, the people that run their businesses as machines, kudos to you, that ain't me. So as a gardener, don't laugh at me. Am I the only one that does this? Like I have a plant on my desk and I watch her and I listen to her and I don't just nurture her from my head. I, I connect with her energy and same with the plant. You know, I, I turn them towards the light. And so I'm doing the same thing. I'm like just really listening to the seeds in me that want to be nourished. And have you taken time to pause and listen to not only the old growth, but the new growth, right? Like what needs to be cultivated? What needs to be trimmed back? Really listen at a deeper level to what wants to be cultivated in you. And, um, you know, I've been really focusing on one thing for the last few years and cultivating that in my business, in my business, in my business, and that trickles down to everything else. And I'm starting to feel the... My garden wants to expand a little bit. It wants, it wants, I don't even, I don't have an, I don't have an answer for it yet. Maybe that was one of the reasons I had a hard time recording this week was like, I, I felt like I had to have an answer. And how often does that stop us? And so again, making another little move without having an answer. Um, so those are some of the things I'm cultivating on the inside, and there will be some outer manifestations of that in my business, and there will be some outer manifestations in my style, hopefully, maybe, we'll see. <laughs> Who knows? Um, and so Barry says, I'm coming back to Barry. First of all, Barry Owen is um, a colleague of mine who I originally met in the Keller Williams days of early productivity coaching. It was one of the first productivity coaches that I met. And so I'm always honored, Barry, when um, people from my past life are still in my current life. That's been showing up a lot lately. And that was, you know, 2007 um, was when I very first became a productivity coach. And 
One of the things that has come to me or that I realize now or that I'm very present to and aware, again, with death and life and my own birthday coming up is the age that I am. And with realizing the age that I am, almost 48, I am recognizing the ages that I have been and not in that I've lost, but like, y'all, we are ever evolving, changing human beings. Are you still the same person you were two years ago? Are you the same person you were a year ago? And I am certainly a different beanstalk than I was 10 years ago, than I was 12 years ago, than I was 14 years ago, 16 years ago. And for some reason, it doesn't even matter why, I'm just noticing these things at a deeper level. I'm not really judging them, but I find it fascinating. And I find it fascinating how quickly I want to arrive when the reality is there is no such thing as arriving. We're always unfolding. And the more that I enjoy the journey of unfolding and take off the pressure and the judgment to arrive in a certain place and to take this organic journey instead of this mechanical journey, the more my soul feels full. And obviously, having created a company called Soulful Living, which includes soulful working because I like work, um, I want your soul to be full. Anyways, Barry, anytime I see your name pop up, um, it, it reminds me of who I've been and that I am me right now. Um, and I just appreciate it. And I, I appreciate your kind words saying I'm doing gener- generous work and offering comfort. Um, I think we can have comfort and curiosity and growth and achievement uh, one of the th- one of the themes you will be hearing from me is about being range. Um, last year, the theme of Camp Starheart and my life, and I, I think it's going to be one of those things that never goes away is becoming. Like, who am I becoming? And the woman I'm becoming, the essences I'm becoming, and I tell you what, I have become and still am becoming a woman of range. Um, with a range of ideas. I have a lot of both and. Um, it has come up a couple times in coaching recently that, you know, my clients are, are really wanting to be confident. And I find it is so much easier to be absolutely confident when we can acknowledge that we are both confident and wildly insecure. And so I am, I am absolutely deeply confident and serene and I am wildly insecure at the same time. Um, and so a lot of both and, I have a couple of previous episodes on both and, but I've noticed one of the gifts, this is what I love. Here we are recording this on Facebook Live. It's going to be on my podcast and technology takes connection globally. It, ta- it allows me to connect with you without you having to be in my office or in my home in Liberty Hill. And we can connect all around the world. And one of the things that social media has done is it introduced me to people of different religion, of different politics, of different theology, of different mindsets, of um, things I agree and don't agree with. It has introduced me to um, social injustices. It's introduced me to miracles around the world. And I... my mind in this moment is brought back to this book that I love called The Reenchantment of Everyday Life by Thomas More. 
Um, I have a couple of copies um, behind me. And I've been, it's actually this black book, whoops, on that side um, is, that's not my personal one. That's my giveaway one. And then I have a personal copy up here that's been flagged and written in. And I first found that book when I was 22 living in Denver, Colorado. And I've been going back through it. And when I was 22, God, what did I know at 22? (laughs) Cracks me up. When I was 22 and living in Boulder, Colorado, I just loved that book. And now here approaching 48, I'm here to live an ordinary life of re-enchantment. It's called The Re-Enchantment of Everyday Life by Thomas More. Um, Thomas More is like an academic and theologian um, that I read a lot of Thomas More and Henry Nouwen in my 20s. And I've been called to go back and read them again at the age that I am now. Um, I The last time I was able to buy, I'm sure you can still get it, but the last time I bought it, I bought five or six copies for like 25 cents each at Barnes & Noble. Um, but I've been called to what reread this book. And what I love is there's like different sex. I've been actually called, this feels really real. I've been called to write my own version of this book. Um, the reenchantment of everyday life. And I've been called to write my own version of this book, paying homage to him because I remember in my twenties thinking, you know, there's so much pressure to have an extraordinary life. And maybe my life will be extraordinary, but what if the everydayness is extraordinary? And that's something that I've been really present to. Um, I, it's interesting, and I have to go pretty quickly because I have a coaching call. But it's interesting. I, you know, for a few years ago, I lived in this big fancy house with this big fancy backyard, and all this color and rainbow was a part of my life. And in the house we live in now, like the decor, like behind me is blue, and my books are colorful. But the rest of my house is very serene and gray, and uh, neutrals and sparse and simple. And I don't have this wild flourishing backyard. I have this space. And so I'm experiencing the range of the wild rainbow and the neutral colors. And both are enchanting. And, you know, I remember doing a client creation call with some girl and she goes, I want to live the life you're living. Like she saw me, you know, my feet by the pool every single day. And I was, you know, doing coaching calls from my pool and wild painting retreats. And, you know, I have some clients now that don't even know that version of me. And one of the boldest things I've ever done is live a boring life these last few years. And I've learned so much from the stillness and the space. Does it mean it's always going to be that way? I don't know. I don't know. That's what's so fun. So I can both in not know what's coming and have a desire to cultivate. Y'all know me. Y'all know me. Somehow, I'm already working on it. Somehow, I'm going to create, I I have a fun little goal of creating a large cash down payment for a house that I can keep my payment low, but also adjust my lifestyle to have a yard and pool and clients at my home again, because I love having you guys at my home. I love sharing my space with you. And so, the re-enchantment of everyday life. And um, maybe I will close out with that. 
for time's sake. I've riffed here for a little while, rambled. Thank you for recording my podcast with me and just meandering with my cup of Nespresso. Um, allow, you do not have to force enchantment. You don't have to force enchantment. It will show up if you will see it. It will show up if you will see it. And everyday life is so magical. And a lot of times, like people are like, I got to go to Bali to get enchantment. Dude, you can live in Liberty Hill, Texas, in suburbia with construction going on behind you and find enchantment. So I would love to hear from you. Where will you find enchantment? Can you find enchantment in a ramble? (laughs) And... Um, of course, of course, of course, if you would like to become my client and become a member of the Soulful Success Coaching Community, um, the door is closed tomorrow night, the 11th. Um, I open and close the doors so that I'm not constantly focusing on selling. Um, I am focusing on selling today. I would love for you to consider becoming a member. Um, there's not a lot of time commitment. It's like a, it's like a community center. Um, you pick and choose what works for you. You have access and live coaching with me. It's $222 a month. There is no long-term commitment. And you can find out more about it at um, coachwithallison.com, I think is the easiest way. All right, you guys, I'm hopping off to go to my leadership call. As always, thanks for listening. Totally appreciate you thinking about somebody who might really love this episode and you sharing it with them. Also, I always appreciate your reviews. It's like podcast currency. It's like a tip in the jar saying thanks. And finally, if you want to share on social media, a screenshot or any insights you get from listening to this episode, I will totally respond. You can share with the hashtag Better Life, Better Work show. This show is sponsored by my three rescued dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adoption when you get your next pet. More is not better. Better is better.